say on the radio podcast. There it is. I can see everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Yep, we've got the screens for like so many. We are all remotely working as as Benny and I based in, in London, Laura and Waterloo. We did have Laura Geddes for a single day, but thanks to technology, she's back in the studio in Waterloo region. Yep, I sure am. Hello. But it sounds like you're you're like right there. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I am right there. Listen, I love doing the show with you guys in person. If there was some way to just teleport, that would be like amazing. But it is really awesome having a seven minute drive to work. Seven minutes compared to an hour and 15. I got to get right into something a little bit deep. Earlier in the show today on Thursday, we were talking about um, body positivity and saying something like, I have a I have a big nose. I have a strong nose. I've got I'm wide, whatever, anything like that. And people like, no, no, it's fine. I can also say very similarly, we have had nothing but technical issues all week, and all we get is, well, you sound fine on the air. That doesn't, you know, like we've had our engineers say that, we've had our bosses say that, we've had listeners say that. I've had a couple people that are like, you know, just reaching out over one thing or another, and I'm like, sorry, technical issues. It'll be like, oh, you know, you sound, you couldn't tell on the air. That doesn't matter. I'd rather not have any. F- issues because <laughs> they unfortunately fall all in benny's lap he's the one behind the buttons. <laughs> well i can't even see buttons the screen and the the faux buttons the, yeah. the, the fake buttons right now it's telling me that laura's microphone is not on but it is hello how I'm nice on. would that be yeah oh, i think man. what you need to know if you're listening to this podcast is that like just you wait just wait till the technical issues aren't there and our show will be next level because we'll be able to hit like <laughs> buttons and sound effects and stuff without turning the radio station off you, you do you do sound distant can you get closer to that microphone or is this no just... i'm not getting closer to it i, I wouldn't either showed I, you, you guys a picture of what this microphone looks like i am not i can turn my volume up is that better yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, better? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all I did was turn my volume up. I took a picture of this microphone. I sent it to the guys, yeah. and there's a mic sock on it now. However, it's a shared mic sock, which is disgusting in oh. COVID times. Um, but I, I can only find one here, so we'll use it for now. I'm probably going to just order myself some off of Amazon because don't we because had? It's too bad. There's like two here in plastic. Look at yeah, we've got a spare that we left for our afternoon person, and she. I don't think she's realized that it's there. <laughs> Either that, or she's not been in the studio. I'm not sure. Um. So, but the inside of this microphone has caught every piece of food or phlegm yeah. or whatever. And I can't unthink of that. And that's the reason why I almost don't want to get a mic mic sock that I interchange when I'm on air. Because I don't want to have to keep seeing what the inside of this actual microphone looks like. I'm actually, I should request to get it clean because I'm sure that messes up the sound. Yeah, that microphone looks like Beetlejuice's teeth. Oh, oh, that's a great visual. <laughs> not not a great one, but an, I like it the best way to describe it in the least amount of words as possible. Hey, babe. <laughs> you can't even describe them. There's, they're not even a color. It's just a blur. Mm-hmm. It's just dark. There's, there's like pockets black. of dark. Lots yeah. of black. Yeah. The, uh, the whole tech thing. So you've got that side. And look, we are not alone. Everyone who's had to work from home or remotely, it's burps, there's it's hiccups. Oh, yeah. I didn't try to do a, we had a phone call pre-podcast and trying to get some hiccups sorted out to make a phone call. I'm like, damn it, I'll just do it my own phone. So in that route. So not alone in this. But then I want to go to the other side where technology couldn't be any cooler and any more efficient. We also talked on the show today about in Toronto, between two major hospitals, they were able to shuttle a, a pair of lungs from one hospital to the next for a, a transplant. It's unbelievable. 
And it was it was now the term. I don't know what you'd you'd make it gender neutral, but the term is an unmanned drone. And would you say an autonomous drone? Mm-hmm. But it's not completely autonomous because it has to be programmed of height, distance, perhaps. Oh yeah. Jesus! Yeah, there's so much. Yeah. Um, so how impressive! Now it was still yeah, it was two point two kilometers. But normally it's driven in uh, ambulance or some sort of transport vehicle. Now they just fly. They they flew it from helipad to helipad. I have I have no knowledge of drones and how they work. They are battery operated. So how long, like how far could they theoretically go? So there are some that we know can go hundreds of miles. It is. Oh, you're right. It's based on the battery and the the availability for a power source. But, but then range too of where mm-hmm. you're heading from going mm-hmm. to. Like that would be weight. So that was obviously figured out. It's actually a Quebec company, and they're working with a lot of medical facilities in North America and a few in in Europe, too, to develop this technology. And it looks, the visual we talked about on the show, too, the visual, like, think of a cooler, like a backyard barbecue cooler that would be stuffed with some of your favorite drinks and beers, and and maybe, you know, you brought over some of your favorite cheeses to go on the burgers, Mm -hmm. that, that size of cooler. And it lifted that sucker with ease. Just and then boom, there it is. Amazing. Like yeah, that's, six minutes later. It's like the only time I support drones. I can't stand that noise. I used to like go hike limbo in my bikini and I <laughs> hated it. No, you'd hear this drone up and I'm like, for sure. It doesn't matter what I look like. They're zooming in on that camera. Somebody walking their dog in a bikini. Don't tell me from that far up you're not going to zoom in. And I hate, like, you're trying to walk in nature and all here is yeah. You look up and it's freaking drones. However, in this case, mosquitoes. 100%. If it's a medical drone, they paint them all cool and stuff, you know? Uh, that could be really fun, you yeah, know? They was painted cool. It had, uh, and it had alternating lights, like a red Oh, blue. yeah, it did it? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's fun. So it, it certainly stood out in comparison to that guy that lives on the 18th floor of a building off of Young Street that has a drone just because he wants to perv out with the camera, the, yeah. the drone that he got from Costco. So I, I get it. And th- like this is magical. I See, to me... I think once we nail this drone technology, that's when the, quote, flying cars slash flying taxi cabs, Uber really comes into place. Because once they figure it out, they won't need human drivers. And then we've got drones that'll zip your, you want to go downtown? Who needs the go train to take you four and a half hours? We'll get to Toronto in no time flat. Yeah, can we just do something that's more like jetpack based, like drone with propellers and a battery, though, opposed to fuel? Because that's the issue is airplanes are really mucking up the earth. Uh, you know, that whole like atmosphere thing. People will end up dying operating. and then it'll just be floating corpses going down the highway. Like, oh. That's a little concerning. Mm. We're not there Makes yet. It's a good Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. We're in the, uh, in the early stages of this all, but with technology, sometimes there's got to be sacrifice. So if we lose a few good people, you know, it happens. You got to, there's got to be a body equivalent. If you got to spend money to make money, you got to <laughs> kill people to save people. <laughs> Maybe not, uh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> that is some dark stuff. We'll, we'll have to definitely think on that we'll a little bit. Yeah, we'll... But in, in seeing that story, and, and this was only a couple of days, I mean, we've never had it twice in one week where we discussed drones. Well, they, they're kind of you know interesting, not that much, but in Europe, same thing. They're, they're dealing with medicine deliveries and that kind of stuff, where here, for the most part, we're like, you mean I can get my Amazon on the same day? Let's get some pizza? I can yeah. get that charge coil or pizza? Yeah. Yeah. So I like that the priorities have shifted to think like let's go practical first, then we'll go silly after. I'm on board. It's, it's yep. it, it honestly seems like the way to go. Uh, something too we I want to touch on that we talked to the show today that I think we can go in long form and language wise can be kind of basically the taps can be fully open. And this was about something about commenting about 
bodies. And Laura, this was a social post you made. Was it a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. So what happened was uh, there was I all summer have been trying to turn a scarf into a shirt. I bought a ton of scarves from Value Village this summer. I found all these cute tutorials online of these tiny little ladies saying, uh, you know, Here's how you tie a scarf into a shirt in many, many different ways. They, they look amazing. I love the look of that. So I tried one of those tutorials one night and <laughs> this scarf was just barely around the size of my body to the point where I was basically had myself in a chokehold and one of my arms was stuck straight up. <laughs> so I posted a video of that online because I thought it was pretty funny. And my caption was something along the lines of, or I said in the video, if you have wide shoulders, Sorry, but this trick isn't going to work for you. You're going to have to get like a chain or something to elongate that scarf a little bit because, as you can see, my arm is stuck against my ear and I can't breathe. You know, it's not going to work. Well, somebody commented on that video and said, oh, you don't have wide shoulders. I said, yes, I do. And I, I there's nothing wrong with me having wide shoulders. Like I didn't ask. And it kind of set me off. And I was talking to one of my friends about this, too. I was talking to a couple of my friends about this. You got to stop correcting people when they are objectively talking about their body. And I mean this in the sense of, you know, we live in an age where we are so body positive, which is awesome. But then at the same time, we also have, you know, people are starting to call it a plastic surgery crisis where nobody can handle anything about their face that they even slightly dislike. Mm -hmm. So they chop it off, morph it, whatever. What I think is the issue here is we are body accepting, but still only of bodies that people or society deems beautiful. And I mean that by saying I can't even describe my shoulders as wide without somebody trying to swoop in there and be like, no, 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 they're not wide shoulders. I didn't say they were bad shoulders. I said mm -hmm. I have wide shoulders. I'm five foot ten and yeah. I'm 173 pounds. I've got wide shoulders. <laughs> like there's nothing. I could bust through a door and save your life in a fire, baby. Nothing if wrong with that. If you could fit that. through the door, you'd have to turn sideways. But, uh. <laughs> That's why I said bust through it. She's, right? not, the, right, right. she's not the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> okay? I'm not going to be a ballerina. I'll be something like that. That's fine. I think that's cool. But I think the issue is, so I started thinking about this deeper too. There have been a couple times on my Instagram stories where I've taught, I have a strong nose. I have Polish, German, Scottish, and Irish heritage. That's going to happen. I've posted about having a big schnoz just just on this exact tone. I'm not like, oh, my gosh, my nose, like I look so ugly, blah, blah, blah. I've just casually mentioned having a big schnoz and people have, again, slid into my DMs. Your nose isn't big. It's beautiful. Why can't it be both? And also, why are we so afraid of accepting things that are like big body parts, essentially? Big body parts in general. And I was talking to my friend about a TED talk that she watched and this woman was saying, you know, she's heavier set. And she said, she told her husband, I'm fat. And he said, you're not fat, you're beautiful. And again, why can't you be both? Like it's whenever you start to describe your body in a way that doesn't fit what today's beauty standards are, people want to swoop in and correct you and say, no, 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 your body actually does look like that. When really it doesn't. And that's okay. Because I think, and I, we got to it on the air on the show where it was, well, because society we're built up at this point when someone makes a statement like that, it feels more often than not, it's baiting. It's a, I need a little confidence boost of, no, 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 you look good. And, and, and to soften the blow with kind of how people are feeling. And you're, you're just like, no, let's be authentic. It's, I think the term fat, though, also has a very negative connotation right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Even like if, I, uh, um, I can't think of her name, right? Ashley Graham. Yep. Like she was always, they say plus size model and they say she's bigger and all this, but like, to, to use the term fat would be a negative connotation. So if somebody says, do I look fat in this? Or like, 
nobody is ever like, do I look sexy in this? You know, like that sort of thing. It's always like they're asking the negative aspect of it. So I think yeah, that but- just the term, and and again, I mean, I'm a big boy, <laughs> you know, like I, I, there, I find that there's nothing wrong with it, but I just think that the, using the term fat has a negative uh, aura around it now. And I agree with that, but I think the reason why the term fat is seen as negative is because we're so afraid to use that in a casual, non-demeaning way. Yeah. Like, we're afraid to Mm -hmm. use the term fat. We're afraid to use the term bumpy nose without somebody saying, like, oh, I think your nose looks cute. Well, it can be cute and bumpy at the same time. (laughs) Hello? Uh, Like, that's the thing. It's just, it's so interesting to me. And I think you, like... (sighs) It's hard for me to keep saying this in different ways because we did talk about it a couple ways on air this morning. I'm trying not to repeat myself, but like, it's just, it's a conversation that I don't think there's a straight edge answer to, but I just wanted to point it out. I think in when we are trying to be more body acceptive and also, you know, say, hey, you should be able to change what you want about yourself with plastic surgery and stuff like that. There needs to be a line somewhere where we have to start being able to describe our bodies objectively without being corrected by somebody, even though they're they're 100% of the time, I bet they're well-meaning. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Unless someone with anger is like, oh, you, and then you can tell. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can tell. Or if it's that backhanded compliment. But guess what? That it's One, it's going to take time for society to get away from the negative attachments to some yeah. statements. And, We're and, getting there. I think we've come a long way even from a yeah. few years ago. Well, because we, but we went through that period of like two solid years of being so woke. Everything you were tippy toeing because it's the old. Oh, last night I got to try to think of the whole setup. My wife, she made a statement, and it it was about. So she's got she's got a few health things going on right now, and so with this fatigue is insane. She can put in about two hours of of work around the house, like, and she cooked a massive big meal and cleaned up from it and was wiped. Mm-hmm. And I was just restocking uh, the little bar fridge and just chatting. And I said something offhanded like, well, hey, I mean, you are going to be exhausted. What does that mean? Well, it means what I said. It was you are going to be exhausted <laughs> because the fact of the matter is yeah. X, Y, Z and running it's through not it. not an attack. And I was yeah. like, why are you so heightened off of that? It's like, well, my, my sensitivity is adjusted. Well, that's a you problem, not me. My, <laughs> my statement, I was not saying it with malice. I was not right. saying it under my breath. I was like, no, no, I'm, and that's why I was like, no, stop. I'm on your side. I, yes, you will be exhausted. That's why I'm doing all these things to help and offset that. So then it was yeah. about an hour later, she was like, yeah, I, I don't know why I jumped to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and sometimes that takes some self-reflectiveness. I want to think about, like, think about the words like bitch and slut. Yeah. Those are two words that I think women, for the most part, have re- or like ho or or stuff like that. I think those are words that, well, they used to have a very negative tone. Women have kind of taken those back and said like, like you know, like hey ho, and I don't mean that in a bad way. This means you're my bestie, you know, something like that. So I think that's kind of where we need to start going with those bodily words, if that makes sense. And so to make this make more sense, I want you to. Check out somebody on Instagram. They're from London, Ontario, have almost 40,000 followers. It's an account I follow and I love her, but I think this is like the definition of what I'm trying to, of the point I'm trying to get across. Her Instagram handle is Fearless Fat Shanista. She's a plus size model. She's size 20, 2X, and 3X. She's a fashion account. She dresses in amazing clothes that flatter her body and her body type and her skin tone and everything. But again, she's reclaiming that word fat. It's not negative. It doesn't always have to be negative. For some people, it will be and it always will be. But I mean, I think the more we are open to using words like that in a non-negative way, I think it's just going to change the way people think. Like Khloe Kardashian said this week that she doesn't want people calling her daughter true big 
while she is the daughter of an NBA star, she's tall. And she said she she encourages people to change the word into tall instead of big, because as a kid, you know, other kids make fun of you for being big. And like, could you imagine if we finally change that in 20 years from now where people are like, yeah, I, like it could not be a bad thing to be called big. Just like, yeah, I'm Absolutely. big and tall. Yeah. In time. You can be big and small, too. Yeah, Maybe, maybe before the our end of days, people won't be so heightened or just so attached to... I, people, it's almost like being offended is a recreational sport. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, if I haven't been offended today, I'm going to go looking for something that is going to be upsetting. I think that's starting to change, and I noticed that on TikTok, actually. I, I am starting to notice, finally, where some people will t- make the big video... Uh, you know what they what we call reaching to try and make something offensive when it shouldn't be i think people are finally starting to call that out saying you know you can't expect for example you can't expect people to always put a trigger warning in their videos because it triggers you into you know i have depression i have binge eating disorder but somebody actually dm'd me once and said could you put a trigger warning in all of your stuff when you talk about binge eating because it sets off my binge eating and i watched a really interesting tiktok that said you can't expect the world to cater to your triggers that's something that will make you so much happier if you learn hey you know what this account actually even though i like laura i like what she has to say she does talk about binge eating maybe a little bit too much that's healthy for me i'm gonna unfollow her and there's no hurt feelings there i think people need to learn to protect themselves instead of waiting for the world to protect them I think like we are um, we are mainstream media. We are radio and we are we speak to several people. If we were concerned about making sure that every single person felt completely unbothered, you know, by anything we say, Mm -hmm. that's a really boring show. Like that's like (laughs) that's there's and I'm not saying that we have to be crude or we have to be, you know, try to push any envelopes or anything like that. But. We've had people, today we talked about trains and somebody was like, you guys need some professionals if you're going to talk about trains. No, we don't. We can say what our, our like, well, opinions are I, on something. I was something. sharing an experience from someone who's used it. Yeah. Then there's a, a, a whole ton of various articles. For one side is, 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 is politicians. The mm-hmm. other side is the end user. And everybody has a different view. We yeah. talked about that view yeah. going, we, as the taxpayers who stop saying government funded because without our money, you have nothing. <laughs> so I'm as a tax, I'm, I'm part of that two and a half million dollar pilot project. Yeah. So is anyone above 18 paying taxes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even yeah. if you're a part-timer. So that, yeah, it's, I, like, it's like, no, no, listen, we we were sharing experiences. Yeah. I didn't talk to you about the type of train they should use with yeah, my experience yeah, right. because I have none. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is yeah. VO1 yeah. is way more fun because you get booze on the ride. Yeah. That's all I know about yeah. trains. I, yeah. I, I mean, they were correcting that we said that there's too many trains on the track, though, when they said it was something else. They did say, like, a technicality. I don't know if they're right or if we're wrong. No, but I, we're, but no. that's the thing. I think intent is very important. Like, I don't think that text message was intended to be rude. And I also don't think what we were saying on air was intended to sound like we're experts and we know everything no, about sure. trains. That, and that's exactly right. I think intent is a big part of it because I think a lot of people's intent is either to ruin someone else's life or to make... <laughs> Make themselves not about trains. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about yeah. either. <laughs> I like, will ruin you, yeah. train boy. <laughs> <laughs> but or like, what was? And this is just this is the top of mind example. What was Demi Lovato's purpose for saying that they were triggered over gluten free options at a bakery? Yeah, ex- you know, that's, like, that's exactly such a. It. <laughs> what is the intent there? Are were they trying to? 
uh, I don't even know, like shut the place down or <laughs> or say, you know, rally behind me as we go against. I know it was a diet culture thing, but like this isn't diet. This is this is nutritional needs. And who wants to be a wheat warrior? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, and also, some people want to diet. You you like I know a lot of healthcare professionals are trying to get rid of the term dieting, but. It's okay for some people that want to diet. Again, you can't just expect nobody to diet because you had an issue with dieting culture. Like- right, yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I 100% agree with that. So I think that I almost wonder if that was a bit of a turning point where people, people kind were of, like, okay. uh, like, oh, actually, yes, you can be overly offended at something unreasonably, you know, like, uh, and not to ever diminish somebody who, and Laura, you had a great example, somebody who is actually triggered by the by the conversation of binge eating that's something but then does that person like can they not go out on a highway where there's a commercial for mcdonald's like a billboard for mcdonald's or like can they where's the line do you of, close your eyes when you drive on the exactly <laughs> how much do you protect yourself from that sort of thing i think that's also damaging yeah exactly it's it's a it's a weird line and i think i think the majority of people kind of agree with what we're saying. The majority of people kind of agree uh, with what we're saying here. Like, I've had many conversations with many different friend groups of all different backgrounds and ethnicities, and I would say a lot of people are on this vibe. I just think it'll take, it's going to take a little bit of time still to get back to... It's tough because it is a, it's a very, very, very vocal minority of Uh people out there that that have issues with all this sort of thing. But then, and we're guilty of it too, where we talk about it and it spreads that word. If Demi Lovato was just yelling at a brick wall, that's one thing, but that everybody picks up their story and it's because it is, it's something funny to talk about. And it's something that, I mean, everybody, you get a little bit perturbed by this sort of stuff and it becomes a conversation, but there's gotta be, I think that that was a a bit of a, a good turning point, but Maybe we just maybe not everybody has to have such a, a huge platform. Or like, not, I'm not also... talking about them specifically. I'm just talking about anybody on TikTok who's you know if their main goal is to highlight somebody. Remember that kid from Stranger Things? Yeah, they tried to cancel him for saying "neighbor" in a rap song. In place a, of the end. In place of the end bomb, but they actually they were saying "neighbor," and the whole thing was like, "Can you believe that he's even singing along and listening to this music?" He was being respectful. <laughs> I know. The root of that is yeah. it's, uh, it's Twitter. Twitter is the is a mosh pit that is listening to the song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friend. Yeah. It just keeps going. It's a perpetual loop. It's, it, I feel the wor- world would be a better place if Twitter was shut off. Like, yeah. turn that tap right off. I, man, my I You still hate Twitter, eh? I think yep. it's still Facebook. I think that's Facebook. But it's the comment. See, Twitter is all comments. Twitter, yeah. all you have and is And Twitter is strangers. For the most part, Facebook is the, the, the crowd, the group of people you seek to be included with. And that includes boards and pages that you join and or follow. Yeah. Twitter is, is they suggest so much of random stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like they, are per, they purposely bait you all the time. I feel so much better being out of the comment section in all play. Like I have learned to not enter the comment section mm-hmm. on anything. It could mm-hmm. be the most... I posted something, as you all know, I'm a David Bowie fan, and I posted what I thought was an interesting little... Um, it was like a word cloud of the words he used most in his songs. And so on a Bowie fan club page, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Everybody on it. It's like, well, where's this? Why? Why is this on here too much? Every single comment was negative. And I'm like, what? How, why? <laughs> why? I, here's two words I wish you used. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't believe it. But like, I, it's, I mean, I think that 
I don't know exactly why that happens now, but it it has been a huge shift in the past couple of years that everybody just goes to the comment sections to vent about whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I can give you some advice with comment section drama based on a TikTok I posted last weekend. I made a TikTok joking about the speeds on the 401 and it was I actually had like piggybacked off someone else's TikTok saying that Somebody had commented saying, oh, yeah, 401, everybody knows. The left lane is buck 40, middle is buck 20, and right lane is 100. And I jokingly like said, yeah, this comment is 100% true. Uh, as somebody who drives on the 401 every day, and please stay out of the left lane unless you're passing. Ha, ha, ha. If you get stuck in a comment section pile of <laughs> this is what to do. Because I was on the verge of deleting that video because people were calling in, like they were tagging the Ontario uh, GTA police account and oh, saying yes. like, oh, like this girl works on the radio. Like, uh, ha- like, how can she be saying that? She better not say that on the air, which is so stupid. It was a joke. Like, anyway, especially on an app like TikTok or Instagram, Facebook things linger a little bit longer if it's something that you know to your heart is not like intended as bad and you know the majority you know like the conversation we just had like me- not well-meaning and like rounded people wouldn't have a problem with it give it two days two days of extreme heat on this thing i was getting comment after comment and now two days like it's gone oh screw people that are still commenting, I'm, but I'm the taking hate it down is gone. moving on with my life <laughs> i'm not gonna I'm give saying- myself 48 hours of people's sh- got me in the comments or something <laughs> but i don't even i didn't even respond to most of the comments it's just people are just commenting there's always the haters will always be the loudest so if you're on an app that like tiktok where you want to get a bunch of comments and stuff just give it 48 hours and don't even check it don't even bother don't do it like don't respond yeah. to the haters only respond to the comments that you think are funny uh and that's it like because guess what in 48 hours, people will have completely forgot about your TikTok, oh, your Facebook post, whatever, yeah. and they're already arguing about something else. Mm-hmm. People. Aren't they? Aren't they great? People. <laughs> we talked to, so I'm the question master. Oh, before that, quick mention, Max from Arkells is going to join us in a little bit. Shows real soon, and well, soonish in comparison to the, the pandemic. I know it's <laughs> February 12th and 18th, yeah. <laughs> but soon in our hearts. Um, but have a chance to chat with uh, with Max, so we're super excited to share that with you. I mean, th- one of the few that were able to actually produce something, get something out through the course of the pandemic. A lot of people, a lot of your favorite artists are like, well, now I'm back in it because yeah. I have no new experiences. Yeah. They were on the other side of that, Arkel. So we're uh, we're super pumped for that, and Benny's going to lead the way in that conversation. So that will go in a little bit. I am, uh, I'm question master, and we put a little bit of time into food today. So one I wanted to fire off to you, and this also in the heels of well, less than a week ago, we were enjoying all the thanks and all the giving, all the deliciousness. What was the last food you fell in love with? Could be something a year ago. Like Could the be newest kind the, of thing? The, yeah. the, the newest. Word it uh, how you wish. Mine I just fell in love with last week. Really? Last week, and it's thanks to TikTok, I did the salmon rice, except for I was too lazy to cook. Did it with tuna. Didn't have the special, so salmon rice is basically you have cooked salmon, you have rice, you microwave it together, then you like mix it all up basically with like um, Japanese mayo and sriracha. So I just use regular mayo. Uh, And then you eat all of that deliciousness with some seaweed papers, whatever you want to call them, (laughs) seaweed sheets, 
and it is so good. It is like she actually put uh, avocado on top and like vegetables and stuff like that. I needed to do groceries, but I'm telling you that is like one of my favorite meals now. Oh, amazing. Okay. There's one. Benny? Mine is um, fruit-free trail mix with peanut butter cups in it. (laughs) This is a bagged (laughs) stuff that I found at Superstore. Actually, backstage Sarah found it and brought it home one day, and I think I ate it in the span of like two days. But it it was next level. It has the delicious, like there's cashews in it, peanuts, all sorts of different like and and um, like granola pieces and that sort of thing. But then there's these tiny little peanut butter cups and little. Is that the covered... Reese's mix? I think they call it. Yeah, it would be something like that. It wasn't Reese's brand, but it was something just like that. It was some sort of trail mix, but it it had no. I I hate raisins. Raisins ruin an entire mouthful. What? Oh yeah. Raisins ruin everything. They're there to spoil your food. What is wrong with you? Uh, it's why would they, why? Why you have this delicious of things that are related. Chocolate, peanut butter, peanuts, nuts. It's all related. Why throw in some gross little raisins in there? What about cranberries? I, think- I like cranberries, but not in that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. <sighs> I think maybe they keep that in there to try and at least hold one. I just sent you a picture of what I thought you got. On Reese's brand mix. Oh, that that's the bomb, though. I've had that at uh, so that, that stuff on, is, on Roots. Oh. Oh. I so do. let me give you a pro tip. If you see Reese Mix on oh, the yeah. shelf around, the around Easter time, they, the, pretzels the pretzels are another, they're in there, too. Yeah, man, all good. All um, good. Around Easter time, they'll do mix with, like, sometimes they'll do it with, instead of Reese, they'll do it with, like, Oreo cookie crumbs or yeah. Cadbury egg. Oh, yeah. oh All on so board good. with that stuff. It's, uh, it's like a nice little snack. It's a little, it'll fill your tum-tum. It's got some chocolate in it, but it's not just eating a chocolate bar. It's it's uh, so good. Is it? It's don't look at the back of the package. That's all I will say. <laughs> I, this is coming from a woman who has downed many of them. Like I've ate like a couple bags of those as a full meal yeah. before. Like they're so good. I think the reason why they still have that dried fruit in there is because they want to have like one last slice of what trail mix used to be. Because I imagine trail mix back in the day was just really healthy, like unsalted nuts yeah. and raisins, maybe some dates if you wanted to get a little high cal in there, mm-hmm. but that was probably it. So I bet you they throw the raisins in there just to be like, hey, there's some vitamins. That's very possible. I'm not saying that this is nutrition as nutritious at all, but it is delicious. It's my new thing. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> and as question master, I know you're not supposed to add in, but I just wanted to, because yeah. of thanks, parsnips, I'm only into year two. And oh, do I love parsnips. Interesting. Oh. They're so bloody. Par- a roasted parsnip with uh, blended with carrots and I'm a little. To, is it like a? Yeah, I guess it ma- is. It's, in the it's, carrot it's, it's, family. it's a white yeah, carrot. Yeah. It's a white carrot yeah. for anybody oh, who's watching. Okay, I was like, what is a parsnip? Yeah. So you do a parsnip and carrot blend, like a little medley, and you put salt, pepper, a little touch of garlic powder, and then some maple syrup in there. Oh, oh. buddy, hello. Yep, I'd be down for that. It for is sure. real good, and even better the day after because it still hold parsnips hold their crunch in comparison to. Carrots that can go a little mushy, right? A they day get or two like after. soggy, but then firm still. It's a weird mixture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you've not done the the parsnip thing, try that to to, to level up your game a little bit. This one, um, while well, we 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 were setting you up to hear a, a fun chat with uh, our cows and and uh, Max, everybody's favorite, who looks like he's always smiling. I feel like he must have sore cheeks. He's eternally optimistic. Yeah. I love him for that, and the band is always like that, and he even kind of. He talks about it a little bit coming up about yep. Yep. about how you do find the optimism in in sad times. Yeah. Like not every song is you know there are some ballads and there are some broken heart love songs and that sort of thing, but they always find a good way to to angle it. So 
if you either one of you could be in a band or a solo artist, who would you become? Which band leader? Maybe you want to be Phil Collins because you love the drums and maybe you want to transition to vocals. Mm-hmm. You've got one you know, one chance. So you're replacing somebody or you're joining the you, band? You, you, are, you are becoming them. And it can be past or present, meaning the ones that we love and miss and are no longer here. Would I become the person or would I just become yeah. in their band? No, you're the, I need, you, you are them. Okay. As I say, because it's very important whose body I have, whether it's my own or someone else's, <laughs> is a very important yeah, path. Yeah. You mean you don't here. want to become Meatloaf? That <laughs> 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 about becoming your own name? Holy yeah, knowledge. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. After a tough night out, I've also become Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had to. It was there. It was there. Hmm. This is this is a a deep one. uh, You would take all the memories. Would become just for fun. Yeah, for fun. Yeah, for fun. With no set goal in mind, like just if you wanted to be that band, or or is it a person, or just leveled to? So you could be the lead person of a band, group, duo. I mean, you want to be Hall, you want to be Oates. Fine, pick one. (laughs) You want to be a solo artist, but it has to be a group of some sort, not a singular. No, no. if you're like, yo, I want to be Cardi B, then be Cardi B. Oh, I'd be Rihanna. I'd be Rihanna. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying. I don't want to go with the obvious. I've already brought up David Bowie once, but I'm going to go with Leonard Cohen because the guy played. He played Wembley, like he's played gigantic stadiums, but he's also like a club guy. So he would play really small venues and he's, he traveled the world many times over. Also, he was almost 40 when he even got started. Like he was in his mid thirties when he got started as a singer. So I, I love that idea because for me, it's not necessarily about like sex appeal or, or, or talent really even, but it's like I want to go see all these cool venues. I want to, I as much as I've I've been in the crowd in a ton of venues. I want to see backstage. I want to see on stage. See that scope of it all. Yeah, and just see the world. I think that's a great way to do it. Ah, oh, now that you said that, I kind of want to change. Okay, change it. You're change fine. Mine. We didn't. We, it's not set in concrete. I want two at the same time. Well, I think I said I'd, I'd be Rihanna before too. But I'm picking the not obvious one. You know who I'd actually turn into is Diplo. Oh, okay. All he right. travels so many places. He always ends up having like all these like artsy moments. He's produced so much in such a wide range of music. It's not just EDM, but I mean, he has such close ties to Brazil. Got a baby mama from Brazil. He plays carnival. Like he just, he seems like a really genuine human, despite uh, sometimes having very flaky moments. I mean, I think that's just part of what human nature is. I think he would be a really cool person to experience his life because he, he, he seems down to earth, all about the art. I think if you were Diplo too, you probably wouldn't have so many sexual misconduct allegations yeah. against yourself right now too. Uh, excuse you, that just got like wiped away. I was okay. gonna get that into that in, into Gettys gossip, but that person is like a grade A stalker, and Diplo oh, has really? a restraining order against them now. Yes. Oh. All right, there yeah. you go. Well, hey, early important scoop. to follow up on those cases. Yeah. Early scoop on the Geddes gossip. Uh, heard four times through the course of the morning at the the twenty aftermark. Um, that's about it because I know we've we uh, we've talked about Max. Well, let's we'll, we'll get to it. So we'll hand it over to Benny and uh, get into our conversation with uh, Max from Arkells. Thanks for being here, and we'll all chat soon. Max from Arkells. We've got two shows coming up that we're super excited for. February 12th in London at Bud Gardens. February 18th at uh, The Odd in Kitchener-Waterloo. There's no question that you guys were 
unbelievably busy during the pandemic era. Really, you uh, you dropped well, I think five songs for us all before even <laughs> before even getting the album, and that's not including years in the making because that was you know appropriately that was kind of right before everything sort of happened. Uh, we get we got an acoustic album and we got a brand new one too, Blink Once, which is absolutely incredible. How much of Blink Once was born out of the pandemic, and how much did you already have in mind? Yeah, so we recorded uh, Years in the Making, which is on Blink Once in 2019, summer of 2019. And then we did three songs in September with No Regrets, Nobody Gets Me, and one other one. And then we did another five songs in February of 2020. And so we're like, okay, we've got about 80% of the record done. This is feeling good. We'll start to roll out the next single, you know, in a couple months. The record will come out later in 2020. We'll be off to the races. Everything will be good. Um, and then uh, the pandemic hit and we're like, oh, God, like we don't want to put out these songs if we can't go sing them with a bunch of people in a room together. Like the, the point of these songs is that we can, <laughs> you know, actually tour and dance and sing, get sweaty, which is like the point of our band most of the time. So we, we put them aside. Uh, and then we worked on campfire chords from home and we, cause we're like, if we do these acoustic versions of, you know, songs we're very familiar with, you know, we can actually do them in the safety of our own personal home studios. So like Tony would start camp the song and then I'd add a vocal and send it to Mike. And, and that's how that whole record basically came together. Um, but that kept us busy, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then once we got through that, we were like, okay, let's finish blank once and because we see the vaccine in our future, the world is probably going to figure a way to open itself up and, uh, and we can put up this album and, and get back to it. And so that, that was the journey. And it was, it was much different than most of the time we, we make a record, which is, you know, holding up in a studio for five weeks and coming out with an album. This, this was a much, much different experience. But I liked it. I thought it was, it was, it was a good way to use our time, given the, the context of everything. It was, and it, it it's uh, completely, it's very Arkellian, but it's also a, a kind of a new direction that you guys have taken. You've you've gotten, um, even despite being in the pandemic era, more um, optimistic, even more so, I think. And it's it's you've got the as you say, there are no skips in this album. The whole thing is all, <laughs> like, there's bangers. The ballads are beautiful. Everything like. Did you have to channel like a different energy during that time when you guys were all separated uh, to get such a, you know, such a, an upbeat album? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I mean, my, I think my disposition typically is, is glass half full and, and optimistic. And, and even in songs that you know, talk about grief and loss and, and heartache, like I usually try to find some kind of silver lining. And I think that's just like kind of who I am. Um, and yeah, I think, I think also we, we just sort of like kept just dreaming about and imagining what the shows were going to feel like when we could play the songs. Yeah, Cause like in the studio, even often, I like, I'm not really a details guy. I'm, I'm more of a big picture person. So I'm like, <laughs> while everybody else is like thinking about how to execute their actual part, I'm like, okay. And then during this part of the song, I'll be dancing over there. And in this part of the song, Mike's going to go stand on that thing. And, and, and then Tim, we're in, Oh, we do a big drum solo during this song. That'll be really cool. <laughs> so that's the way I usually think about songs is, is in the, like uh, yeah, a grander big picture sense. And uh, so, so that's usually what pumps me up too. Right. That, that's like kind of what I get excited about. Uh, and so I think that's why they turned out the way they did. With arm in arm, uh, 
that song, that one really stood out for me. I, I'm not asking as a favorite child thing, but can you just talk a little bit more on how that song was born and came to life again? You're in the pandemic. You did mention being an optimistic guy, and that's your outlook on life. It was challenging times for obviously for so many in this, but how did that song come to life? And then I have a question surrounding uh, the video because there's something you have with a connection with our, our boy here backstage, Ben, and your outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, this, the songs come from usually a bunch of different places. You, you could usually point to like, oh, this sound came from that idea or this lyric came from this experience. Um you know, there's two places that come to mind with arm and arm. One is, um, so my friend, Mike Veerman and Greg Veerman, the brothers, uh, used to be roommates with Greg. I do a podcast with Mike called Mike, a much podcast. Their, their dad passed away suddenly. And, um, he had a heart attack. He was like in he's 60 years old. It was, it was very sad, a very hard time. And I was just thinking about the experience of like having to deal with all that, the logistics of, of, of a funeral service and, having to respond to text messages from from friends and family that are checking in just how impossible all that is and and just how like the things that kind of ultimately get you through uh are like being around your your family singing songs how music brings people together their dad really passed on a lot of music to, to his sons and um so i was thinking about that uh as a kind of a concept that i wanted to write about with them in mind uh, you know, stand up, tell the ones you love, you love them, you know, right now, this is where I need to be. Um, and then in a funnier turn, we, we were hanging with our producers, Tom and Ryan in the studio, and we were working on the song and there's this commercial, um, in, in Britain from years ago, uh, for Puma and Puma made this spot, um, for soccer fans. Uh, to remind them to tell their better half that on Valentine's Day that you know you love them, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's and but anyway, so it's basically like twenty five blokes at the bar singing Savage Gardens uh, truly madly deeply, uh, um, and, and it's just them staring at the camera in completely a cappella, like I wanna know, no, 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 for your be your fantasy. It's really great. It's like an amazing ad. So like, oh, we need like a, a big sing along like that. <laughs> so that was like inspiration just for like the chorus a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that that's sort of like the, the background song exploder version of, of, of where that song came from but yeah we just put out a video for it at billy bishop airport it was did you have a question about that well that yeah and that's what i saw because the song does okay, it includes so many different emotions but that look that uh so backstage ben is he is known famously in this area for his his outfit how much say do you have in regards to wardrobe because it's i swear to god you drove to his house in saint thomas ontario and picked out one of his shirts <laughs> uh, as soon as i saw that I went, holy crap i saw benny do you have this because the look in that it just that uh, that video worked it, it's spectacular uh thank you yeah i mean there's, there's arguably a lot of um fa questionable fashion choices um I, i've taken on over the years um i can tell you in the moment it feels good in the moment it makes me smile in the moment i feel cool um in the moment i feels like i'm taking a bold bold choice bold chance uh and that is all exciting to me uh i can tell you the aftermath of it 
isn't always quite as clean and pretty. <laughs> Sometimes I look back, I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? So time will tell. Time will tell if, if I feel. <laughs> we'll be carrying it on as long as we choices. can. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, know. it was fun. Again, that, that song, I know being a new single, just popped off. And uh, I was like, I got to gotta talk about that. I, right. I was, it's just so curious when, you know, you flip the switch to fan mode on something and you just want to kind of get inside <laughs> the creator's brain to how it was born. Um, I have one more in there because I know Ben and Laura have a couple, but uh, surrounding touring, how much now, I mean, you're, you're seasoned, you're experienced, this upcoming tour is, it's busy. It's real busy for you guys. Now, in looking at it, there's some times where you have literally no time between stops, but I noticed there's a little sliver of time, May 17th in Boston. Um, one, mm-hmm. how, how well do you know the city? And equally, how, how well do you know that Paradise Rock Club? Um, I think we played there years ago with lights. Uh, I was on a tour. And so I, it's a cool, it's a really cool yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, I remember really liking it. It's a cool neighborhood. Um, I know Boston decently well, um, but I don't know the significance of that date. Why? What well, think? just the date, just in that stop, because it popped up. Boston is my soul city. My wife and I visit there very frequently. I was, was going to go well. If he, if he doesn't know a ton about it, but you're spending some time, you got to hit up the legendary Regina Pizza. Um, but, Ooh, but but thank that, you. I but love that, this kind of uh, suggestion. Paradise Rock Club. It's, so it's on Commonwealth. It's only about a mile from Fenway. So we, by mm. accident, we saw the Dropkick Murphys as they were warming up because later that day they played and they opened for Foo Fighters at Fenway, which I still say was the greatest show of my life. And wow. the energy there. So you're going back. I'm just one. I'm kind of jealous, and two, just excited <laughs> if you've played that venue. Uh, and you kind of answered that question already, but I'm um, just excited for that Boston stop for you guys. Yeah, oh my God. We're so, we, we love Boston. Actually, and, uh, the guy who worked on the record, there's two main producers, uh, Tom and Ryan. And Ryan is from Boston. He is insane. Um, <laughs> Boston sports fan. He like exclusively wears Celtics merch basically or, or Red Sox merch. And he's like, just a classic Boston mass hole, you know, like, yeah. just, like, <laughs> just always has a smirk on his face. Uh, you know, he's, he's talking a lot of trash and uh, yeah. So maybe he can come back for that show. That, that'd be very fun. Love it. Well, talking about, you know, the tour kicking off, um, do you, I've personally seen you do, I saw the rally cry last year. Didn't make the long weekend this one, but long weekend clearly was a huge success. And it was so many people's uh, return to what felt like a normal life. Do you prefer those huge stage shows or do you like the more intimate, you know, club shows more? I kind of like them both for different reasons. I mean, ultimately just, I know this is a very diplomatic answer, but like, the reality is, is like if the energy is good in the room, then that's all I really care about. You know, like um, like sometimes you could be playing a big show, but if it just feels off and you don't feel great, or like people in the front aren't giving it, yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. And so, and conversely, you could be playing a show for sixty people, but if everybody's like excited to be there, uh, those can be some of the most memorable shows ever. So we we like them all. We like them all for different reasons. But but uh, you know, but as long as the energy is good, that that's what we watch. Out of curiosity, do you have a smaller venue where you can remember, like, do you have a specific location in Canada where you can be like, that was a smaller venue, but the show was so kick-ass because fans were super awesome. Do you have any place that sticks out in your mind? Ooh, well, I mean, call the office, obviously. Yeah. Really, really important place for us. You know, like, you know, our early shows there were so meaningful and got got really crazy, too. I feel like I forget which show it was. It's like maybe with Colorado, like, a long, long time ago that got really nuts. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we've played like just about every club in this country uh, and have like fond, you know, the pyramid in Winnipeg, you know, the Commodore ballroom in Vancouver, uh, starlight ballroom in Edmonton. There's, I don't know, there's so many that, that really stick out, but uh, yeah, I do remember like the first time feeling like, Oh my God, like this, this is amazing that we can play a show to a room full of people that don't, that I don't know personally. It, I was in Thunder Bay and everybody was singing along to our song, John Lennon. It was like 2009. I was like, man, I don't know any of these people. And they all know the words <laughs> to our song. This is crazy. What a, what a feeling. Before that, it was just like, you look around and half the room is like your roommates from college or your parents or something like that. <laughs> uh, but to not know anybody really in the crowd and, uh, and have people connect with the music is, is such a cool feeling. It's amazing. Well, we're not going to take up any more of your time. I know. So last check, everything's all cool with you and Molly Blooms at London now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. <laughs> Good. I don't know if I, you know, I, I make it a point to uh, to mention them because I did get kicked out of there, as you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to make my my triumphant return. Drinks better be on the house. I've been giving them a lot of promotion. Oh, well, we'll reach out to them so. to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's awesome. We're really looking yeah. forward to seeing you guys uh, come February. Really looking forward to those shows. So thanks so much uh, for joining us. We know yeah, thanks so much for the support. Cheers.